What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Kafaru Cast. Across from the table from me is Aaron Snyder. We got a special guest in the house, Henry the Mule Deer Slayer Ferguson. I uh, just wanted to do a quick shout out to our sponsors. Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> you do have a very fine Sig Sour shirt on today. I do have a Sig shirt he on. Does. I got to thank uh, a couple guys from Sig. I did also see a stack of uh, stickers, Sig stickers. Yeah, by his desk, you know. So I, I think that pretty much means you're sponsored, right? I, you know, right. staff. I tagged Cryptech uh, a couple times on the last few photos because that's what we've been wearing. And someone, someone posted, uh, you should name your your podcast Shillcast now or something. I was like, oh, nice. Oh, uh, like, yeah. No one pays. No one's paying us. I mean, we get gear to test and stuff, and I, we tag the stuff we like. Yeah. The guys at Sig are cool. Hunter and Peter. Yeah. Those guys. I mean. But I don't know. I mean, we're not getting paid. Yeah, people are fucking idiots. I don't, you know, I don't. Uh, I'm still driving I, that Forerunner. <laughs> That's a 2005. <laughs> well, what did I? Uh, what did I have on when I, I had a first light merino base layer? No, I had an iceberg merino base layer, an ASAT hoodie, icebreaker, and a uh, what's that? Icebreaker. Icebreaker. What did I say? Iceberg. Is it? Is it I, no, iceberg <laughs> is, is a place lettuce. in. Uh, well, that's also a place in Utah that makes huge milkshakes. Oh, if you've ever been there, Pearl. If you don't I'll, know, now you know. I gotta say, I'm not gonna turn down any food sponsors. There you no. go. We've been getting a lot of jerky. How is yeah. spam not sponsoring your podcast? I don't know if they like hunting I, or not. Yeah, probably I mean, not. Really, they should. Really, if anybody, they should sponsor Isaac. Uh, yeah. they He's more they spam should, diehard than I am. Well, but I, I think Isaac has helped you lift your game up a little bit too. <laughs> My spam game. Yeah, your spam game is is definitely risen to. Like I, I'll take spam on our short trips. I won't take them on the long trips. You can count. Well, you, you, carry you, you can count on Isaac to always have spam. Always in his pack. That's awesome. In his truck, probably in his yeah. back pocket. I, mean, I just. <laughs> when I, Spam's I, not for him. Aaron doesn't like spam. Not so much. I'm no. not a huge fan either. Really? But, what? Yeah. Well, I just back hey, just because I'm fat doesn't mean I like spam, <laughs> yeah. right? Don't yeah. don't don't typecast me. Don't judge <laughs> yeah. me. The uh, don't uh, make me stand up and just walk out of here. Profiling. <laughs> that's right. I just think people see what they want to because I had Swazi fleece on the first and some cryptic stuff. You had some first light stuff and cryptic stuff. Yeah. And uh, and then I had an ASAD hoodie and people see what they. They yeah. want to see, but well, we all have the brands that we like. We all have things that kind of trigger us too, you know. Yeah, that's brands true. That we don't like mm-hmm. necessarily, and then uh, as soon as somebody sees that, man, it's it's on. Oh yeah, but we and I think again, we always tag everyone that is applicable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when, like you said, people see any room they can to to dive in and say something, um, like Shieldcast or whatever. Yeah, that's well, definitely definitely us. Considering there's definitely and, a lot of bought and paid for podcasts out there, but I think the only pod, I think the only sponsor you guys would be extremely loyal to is probably right there in the title. Yeah, well, and since they pay for everything, that would that would be it one. Would be a good yeah. idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna throw this out there. I'll take any vehicle sponsor. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, and you could, you know, while we're on that Copenhagen subject, needs to sponsor me, you sons of bitches. <laughs> Again, I don't, I'm not sure how that hasn't happened. You know, while I'll, I'll join Frank, I'll echo that. You know, any vehicle sponsors, and I'm not really that particular. I've owned a lot of <laughs> Nissan. I'll and drive a Daewoo. I take another one. I don't give a shit. Hey, if they've got a four wheel drive Daewoo, <laughs> sign me up, man. Running on twenties, <laughs> spinners. No, they tan. They clean though. Oh Lord, I'm not sure that could turn. 
twenties. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure you could physically turn those up the hill. No, I probably get some rubbing too. I would think, but I, uh, yeah, no, I, I, uh, I mean, you know, I, I like where we're at being able to use what we want to to use. Yeah, I mean, it's you guys a good, are in a unique position in that respect. Well, we had Sig rangefinder, Nikon rangefinder. I had a Swaro spotter. You had a Leica spotter. I had Swaro glass. You had Zeiss SFs. I don't think we're getting fucking sponsored. I just don't think so. <laughs> Unless they all want to chip in a little because we're using yeah. so much different stuff. Um, I, I personally like, I really like that Nikon rangefinder. What I got. You like the SIG. Mm-hmm. I like the SIG too. There's a loophole. I like that loophole. I'll use any one of them. Um, but the optics wise, we had every optic known to man, and you picked the Zeiss SFs at the time yeah. uh, to to run for for binos. Um, it's a good position to be in, and we can speak Absolutely. intelligently about you know all of it. Um, I just I don't know that there's other podcasts like that. So there's, there's really not because everybody has. I mean, let's face it. Most of the podcasts are sponsor driven. And I mean, they're either sponsor funded or sponsor driven. And so you, you know, you guys are allowed to speak a little bit more objectively on, on just about every subject. And that makes you guys a pretty unique landing spot. Yeah. I wonder, uh, I wonder how the other podcasts and I guess even TV shows feel about that, knowing that we're, we're trying our best to give unbiased information and then, you know, they got to, yeah. What do you think? I mean, I, I guess I would worry less about what the other podcasts think and about more about what the listeners think. Oh, I don't think ever worry about that. Don't worry about shit. Did you see my, my Insta story this morning? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> my mom might be listening to this, so let's. <laughs> my bad. Yeah, we'll leave that one out. Um, yeah, I, I think that um, in reality, there's there's choices that we will have to make in the future and have made that you come down to, well, I can tell you right now in endorsement contracts, I've probably given up $70,000 this oh, year. Oh, me too. Even. Yeah, at least. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not saying that at a, a bragging aspect or anything else. It, it's just so we can use whatever we want and, and make whatever the dollar amount is. But you run such a fast, slippery slope once you start to have to yeah. be holding to someone, meaning yep. like right now, if I forget to hashtag somebody, it doesn't really matter because I'm the one hashtagging them. I don't have yeah. to. But you get to a point where um, we'll give you an example. The other day, that headlamp company got a hold of me, um, said, hey, we'd like you to test the headlamps. I'm like, hell yeah, send a bunch out. We'll run them. Um, and, and the lady came back and said, I mean, do you thought I was going to NORAD? I'm going to need your social media followers. I need your names on um, uh, forums. Um, And she listed all this stuff. She wanted to track you? Well, she just wanted to see the validity. And I was like, are you... I think we're done here. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I don't... (laughs) I've got headlamps. You you know... (laughs) You hang on to that. I can buy those at Walmart, REI, Sportsman's, anywhere An expensive in one is 50 bucks, right? It's yeah, like, holy yeah. cow, I thought you actually wanted my feedback. They wanted, and they said, well, we want your promotional, whatever the technical term. And I said, Leah, no. I said, look, I, I just thought you wanted me to test it, talk about it, and, and that was it. Uh, but the amount, I mean, how much do we get asked for free stuff in the course of a week? <laughs> a lot. And generally, 
And not always. Some people, it's a given. We'll send it out. They deserve it. They've run our stuff. And sure, you know, sure. But um, as a you know, you've ran Badlands since Christ was a kid. Yeah, long um, time. And uh, the, I, I, the the point being is, you can justifiably ask for some free shit. Say I get it free and not have any. Uh, and and there's people we can give free stuff to. And we don't. I don't feel you. They can tell people they got it free. I don't care. The people that come up and say, love your product, would really like to work a partnership out, will you sponsor us? And we come back and say, what's your favorite product? Well, they can't name yeah, one. I don't see it in the order yeah. ordering <laughs> forms here. And, what, and, what exactly do you love about it? And, and, and it is, it's arguable, but is that a bad place the industry has been and is heading to where – they're just looking for free product to promote before they use anything. Well, and I, and I think there's there's a lot of truth to that because I think a lot of a lot of it's turned into a hand out rather than a hand up, you know. And I mean, I, I listened to another podcast yesterday with uh, Marlon Holden, and he said something that I thought was pretty interesting. And he said, "Look, I have had." He goes, "If, if you get out there and you start doing it, you just start producing." He goes, "The sponsors come to you." Yeah, I I clearly have not really reached that level yet, but you know, someday I'm I'm still eating my Wheaties and I'm still hoping. But, but you know, truthfully, he said, look, you do your part, you get out there and you start killing stuff, and you continue doing it and just continue producing results. Things things will come to you, and if we all work at improving our skills and just getting our jobs done in the back country or in the front country, wherever we choose to hunt. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to be doing a lot better and trying to help other hunters become better hunters rather than trying to help build ourselves up. Before social media, right? Well, you're yeah. actually a little bit older than I am. How old are you now? 44? I just turned 45 during the season. You, Thanks. You old son of a bitch. <laughs> Thanks for uh, a, little more, a little more dirt I, on the grave I there. I don't see any grays there. <laughs> I just got my haircut yesterday. Oh, so. He's got a few, but not bad. He's, he's doing it's good. It's not too bad. Yeah. But, uh... Before social media, you had uh, the magazines, yep. um, which you had to pay for, um, unless you, you know, walked through King Supers and read it and then put it back on the rack. <laughs> and uh, never did that. You had Western hunting. <laughs> you really had Eastman's was about yeah. all you had, and it was all a lot of word of mouth, like what gear you've got. It absolutely and, was, yeah. And uh, now, um, I think I asked you. You actually he. You didn't know this. Got me to get a Facebook page in 2010. You called it Face Crack. We were in Golden. And I said, what do you keep looking at? And you said, it's Face Crack. It's this thing. It might have been 09. I'm sorry, everybody. That's my fault. (laughs) And uh, at that time, I've had a flip phone and didn't have a computer and was well, like when Amy and I met. How did you watch porn? Extremely low tech. Smoke signals. It's awesome. And uh, so I... uh, you know, got one, a page and I didn't, like most people, you know, didn't really know what I was doing. And obviously now I know what I'm doing. But now everything, good and bad, is a a, a, a touch away. And, you know, you, bring up, you bring up porn, right? Um, the way the it works and why it is so bad, even though Frank's going to give me crap about this, is the dopamine drip as you're looking at it. Is almost like the same you get from heroin or a drug, and porn's a hell of a drug. When you <laughs> when you look back, and now Henry's uncomfortable. In probably, <laughs> but this goes to social media because they use the same tactics. Um, yeah, is it some sort of instant gratification? 
Well, basically, but you go back, the amount of time you could consume in, in porn in one day now would take a lifetime in 1990 of yeah. magazines. Yeah. Now it's just ding, 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 that shit. Yeah. yeah. So, so the, um, but you get this chemical addiction to it to where that's all that will work for you. Now, social media is the same way and people get addicted to likes. How many likes do I have? They have to look at that over and over and over becomes, it comes their identity. And, and there's absolute truth to that because we do become wrapped up in, and it's, it's, it's the approval of others. I mean, if we're, if yeah. we boil it down, I mean, it is truly the approval of others. Yeah. And I guess we all seek that in different ways. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm probably as guilty as everybody else on that. I mean, I spend more time on social media than I should. Yeah. And I think everybody in this, I think all three of us are probably guilty of that same thing. But, you know, it's it's something that I, I have a lot of fun with it. I really, truly do. And I, I, look, I still look at social media as an opportunity for me to continue my reign as class clown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, it gives me an opportunity to – to just joke and have fun because I think a lot of it's gotten so serious now that mm -hmm. people have just sucked the fun out of it. Yeah, well, and I think if you took all the bad stuff off of it, it would be all it it would be a a great. When I say bad stuff, you've got haters and you've you know you've got a uh, like the South Park. You're watching the one with the troll, the the trolls, internet trolls. It's oh, worth, I haven't seen it's that. It's worth one. watching. But anyway, oh, knowledge is so attainable from it. Okay, yeah, and, and the striving to be, as you say, to fit in or to be liked. Okay. You have to have matching camo. You have to have the newest Hoyt Matthews prime bow. You, you have to, whatever. Um, Guilty. To, to Guilty. Fit, to fit yeah, in. Go ahead. Keep, keep, keep the insults coming, Aaron. I, let's, let's go. <laughs> well, and, and, and you have to, you, you, how many of those you click on their profile and they have a list of sponsors. Now, yeah. you know, you take someone like Levi Morgan, right? Um, who really can't even say arguably best archer to tournament archer to, to ever play the game. Um, his list of hashtags is seven miles long, but it's his job. Right? It's his that's, job. That's, yeah. That's, he, that's his identity. It's his income. It's his, yeah, you know, that's it, it, what puts food on the table. And I'm not, as I'm talking about this, we're dissecting this. We're not downgrading or, or, or anything. We're just talking about it. But people see that and then they need to, well, remember what well, still happens now with shooting tournaments. I'd show up in a sleeveless shirt and Carhartts and I'd win a lot. Um, you didn't have a jersey. No, but man, remember yeah. all those guys? I mean, full on bass fishermen. Oh, yeah. And I felt awkward wearing anything like, and there's nothing wrong. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but there was no social media back when we started, right? You, that was your truth, identity. Yeah. You had True Ball, Excel, or Scott. You Freaking had all NASCAR, these, huh? All, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and, uh, and, and that, it was awkward for me. So, my general, if you remember, I had an Under Armour sleeveless t shirt and, blue Carhartt pants. That's pretty much what I wore to almost every tournament. Yeah. Um, not that it matters what I wore someone else wore, but you fast forward now to social media, it's no different. You have the TSDs, the guys that talk shit the entire time. <laughs> yeah. The, well, I don't think Tanner, I don't know that he has a matching piece of camo anywhere. I mean, he wears whatever the hell he wants to wear from 
TSD. Well, yeah, it, as long as it's from Kuyu. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then you have uh, the guys that um, pick so many, the Mountain Ops, Brian Call, um, Sloan, all these guys, they were sit could out, right? And then you have the meat eater, they're first slided out, and then you have their followings. Um, and Well, and that's the funny thing is getting back to kind of that NASCAR thing, we do have – you know, a lot of these guys are basically NASCAR drivers now. Yeah. And, you know, they have their following. And it's kind of interesting how it's become, you know, this following, you you get this loyal following and they start kind of mirroring all those products. Yeah. And it's it's an interesting and probably a pretty effective way of marketing products. That's it's why a, I have social media. It sells backpacks. Yeah. I mean, it's a, <laughs> a relatively inexpensive way for people to market their products. Yeah. Because if you think about it, to give somebody a free backpack, if you guys have a, a totally optioned out Kafaru pack, what's that? What's the retail on that? Thousand bucks. About a thousand bucks. Yeah. That's not too bad. No. Hey, how many, how many, uh, how many back free backpacks does it take to equal one full page ad in a magazine? So, and let's talk about you know marketing for a second. <laughs> a full page ad can be from thirty seven hundred up to eight ten thousand dollars, depending well, upon the magazine. Here's, here's the follow up: Who's reading magazines anymore? Not, not, to, not too many. And the Frank, we're not talking about those magazines. Yeah, come yeah. on, Frank. <laughs> Did we just go over this? I have a cell phone. He just talked about it. He doesn't yeah. get those magazines yeah. anymore. It's uh, all on his phone. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, a thumb away. I'm turning the browser yeah. to private <laughs> and go. Uh, but you, you're right. I mean, not that print is not dead, but it's it's dying. But it's not. It's on life support. Well, and you think people say uh, printer or text is dead? It's not dead in the sense of. Social media is, is technically print. Yeah, it it's is. It's a different form, but it's, it's just an ever changing, constantly updating, evolving yeah. format of it, which yeah, is what probably, makes it so appealing. That to also people. has something to do with the instant gratification. Who wants to read an article anymore? Yeah. People like to watch a video. Who has that kind of time? <laughs> Who yeah. knows how to read? Well, that thing's I, three pages long. I, I like. I see I, a long text, and I'm like, damn it. Ugh. I like, uh, yeah. you know, social media because I want to see what people are up to. And absolutely, I don't get on it all the time for comical value, but there are some times I get yeah. on there just, especially that you just want to laugh. Adult humor daily is pretty hard yeah, for me to turn off. You just want to kind of disconnect for a minute and have a laugh. Yeah. But like Bam, scrolling through, right, Bam's constant stories, he's finally shot an elk. And I'm like, oh, he got, got a bull with his bow. He's going to have to call me to tell me that if you take social media out of the equation. Um, well, and how many people can you call? How many people can you add to a group text? Yeah, no kidding. Exactly. So I get to see, I don't have to call Bam, I don't have to bug him. It's I all see changed. Yep. Yeah, yep. it's all changed and then And then you have, um, you know. Um, Just a sec. We should talk about teaser picks here for a second. What are oh, you, yeah. What are, I'm not a <laughs> oh, come fan. Come on, man. Yeah. Come on. You know what? That's it. I'm out of here. I, I got to go to work. I, I hate teaser pics. It's like, just post the photo. I don't want to see a portion of what I'm getting for Christmas. Either wait for Christmas or give me the damn thing now. <laughs> I was talking to the TSD guys, and we were talking about starting the hashtag furry dick teaser pic. I saw that one. <laughs> so you notice I did not post mine. <laughs> is that? But somebody asked if there was a gender reveal pick, and so I did post. I posted it in the comments, and I said it's a boy. But, uh, 
Uh, all right. So, so last, uh, yeah. All right. In, in August, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and admit guilt here. There's a teaser pic that I posted. <laughs> oh, it's me notching a, it's me notching a tag on an antelope's hoof. Okay. So clearly there's a dead antelope. Mm-hmm. All right. Is that considered a teaser pick or is that just, hey, this is where we started the process? It can, it can, <laughs> can we have a little fun? Again, they are fun. I, I, I'll agree. They're fun. I know people post them to be fun and then to, to build the suspense. But when you get so many teaser oh. picks, it's like, for the love of God, man, post it. I've probably posted a teaser pick here or there before. Um, but so I, so I have a friend I just, who takes them personally. The teaser picks? Yeah. He hates them or he likes them? No, he doesn't hate them. He despises them. He hates them with every fiber of his being. Yeah. And that's okay. You know, that's all right. We're all entitled to our opinions. When I say teaser pick, I don't mind someone uh, posting a bloody arrow into the ground. Yeah. And yeah. then shortly after. Sh- yeah, that's the that's the Shortly, shortly after. after. Don't wait don't leave four that shit days. five days. Yeah, so, that's, it's like I want Tony Trich posted that photo of his arrow. Yeah. And I'm I I'm like you need to speed this up like yeah we need to get this process going with, along here a little him, faster <laughs> he's not posting a bloody arrow unless there's a big animal laying a little ways past it so I'm like dude what'd you get um, but yeah teaser picks so Saturday yeah at two thirty nine p.m. okay <laughs> I, I'm just I'm I'm I want this to I want to find out if I am violating the bro code, so to speak, here <laughs> on, on teasers. So I said, I sure do love to watch them drop. Okay, I know so, I saw that and I'm like, Frank's going to be pissed. So <laughs> Now, that was at 2.39 p.m. Yeah. I shot that deer at 2.27 p.m. By the time I hiked back up to the top of the mountain to get our um, – so my son was with me, my 12-year-old son – to get our packs – and to get our boots, because we'd hike down there, we'd snuck in in our socks, it was 2.39. Mm-hmm. So 12 minutes up to there, I posted that, came back down. Uh, there there was a little bit of work to be done afterwards. I don't know if pe- – you know, a lot of people haven't really killed anything but time. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> maybe they aren't familiar with the process. So let's break that down a little bit, okay? So you get back down there. Hey, you just shot – I, I well, shot a great buck. Hold on. If you've dropped your socks or your boots – Yeah. In the case of 400 feet above you, that can take a lot of time when you're barefooted in a weenie. Uh, Uh, It was, yeah. I'll tell you right now, (laughs) the bottom of my feet do not look like the bottom of my feet normally look right now because I've done a lot of stocking in my double socks. Yeah. And if there is a better method out there, man, I am listening, but I haven't found it yet. So anyway, so I I climbed back up there. I I got my, I got that. I dropped that quick little post on Facebook, came back down. I would have put it on Instagram, but I didn't have a picture to go with it. So, you know, (laughs) I'm not that old that it's Facebook's my first album. Anyway, so, but then by 7-Eleven, I had posted a picture of my son. Is that a coincidence that there is a 7-Eleven and they have your favorite food? Oh, hey, come on. <laughs> I think not. Probably not. <laughs> if I'm being totally honest, probably not. But uh, yeah, so by 7-11 that, that evening, so that gave me time to go down, take some pictures, enjoy the moment with my son, because uh, that's the first time he's been there when I've killed anything. I mean, he's been there when his mom's killed two nice animals, mm-hmm. but 
you know, she says that's because she's a better hunter than me. I say it's because she has a freaking rifle <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and a pretty world-class guide. Pretty nice looking guy as, as well. But uh, so anyway, you know, took some pictures, had to, had to cut up the animal, teaching my son how to do that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he cut off one of the rear quarters, did a front quarter, helped me skin it out, helped me prepare everything. And then, you know, there's also this other part of the process that a lot, again, I'm just trying to help the people who haven't been through this (laughs) yet, but, you know, you have to put it in the backpack, Mm -hmm. start putting one foot in front of the other, climbing over deadfalls, (laughs) working your way back to the truck. Okay. So just because I'm back at the truck doesn't mean I have signal. Yeah. Because I didn't. So by the time I got that done, got back to town, it's 7, 11 p.m. There it is. See? Now, is that is that an acceptable teaser slash, you know, teaser to actual picture of dead animal transition? Is that okay? That's, that's on the line. I got <laughs> to say the only I, I teasers mean, that I'm allowing to myself to like are the nutsack photos. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. All right. So I'll, I'll keep that in mind in, in the future. I mean, I, I just, I just want to make sure I wasn't violating the code <laughs> there and that everything was okay. But yeah, that, that is honestly, that's four and a half hours. That's maybe too much. As long as it's the same day, I'll allow it. Okay. Same day. There we go. See, now we have, now we have a standard, <laughs> which we can hold ourselves to. And that's, yeah. I can, I can work with that. <laughs> I'm truly, I'm wondering how many people just hate it and how many people love it. We've got a pretty good, uh, yeah. we've gotten pretty good feedback about it, about the, the teaser, the free nuts teasers. Yeah. But Well, you guys have taken it in a very different direction. <laughs> that's yeah. for sure. That's for sure. It's unique. It's your own, yeah. you know, and that's, uh, that's nice. Yeah. We've been getting tagged quite a bit on the, on the furry, uh, the furry teasers. Oh, so. I bet you have. <laughs> I bet you, I've seen them. I've seen a lot of them this year. I can obviously, I can honestly say I've seen more animal genitalia this year yeah. than I ever have in the, in years past. And I know that we have you to thank for that. Frank. <laughs> yes. The Division of Wildlife cannot be upset about that evidence of sex. Well, you know what? How about that? How about if we could get that, if we could all start tagging <laughs> CPW and not have to leave it attached? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not going to be acceptable. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, uh, that's pretty funny. The, uh, the, uh, well, we can't get to your deer yet because we've t- talked too much shit already. Uh, <laughs> this podcast is supposed to be about Henry's deer hunt, but we're going to come back to that. The, uh, uh, getting off, are we good on the, I don't, Frank, I don't want to. We're, we're good on the tangent there. Okay. So yeah, <laughs> no more teaser picks unless it's a nutsack. I actually, I got yelled at by one guy who ended up being super cool. Cause I posted the nutsack and then my hand wrapped around the bases just cause those were. Of the nutsack? Of the, nuts, uh, of the <laughs> antlers or of the. Uh, <laughs> I should have done both. Um, but no, I, think you, I, I didn't s- touch the twig and berries, yeah. but, um, no, I, I did have a hold of it, and you said, "Dude, don't do that. That doesn't look right." <laughs> yes, you're not taking it a little bit too far. Yeah. yeah. So I had uh, my hand around the bases of the deer, and uh, but I immediately posted the deer after just because we could. Um, yeah. Where we were at, and I was waiting for for Frank. He was coming over to give me a hand, but going getting away from the teaser picks, I think that, um, and we talked about this on the. What do we want to call that? The the Black Sight podcast because we're not sure we can post it with <laughs> Alex and Drummond. Yeah. When most people in 
a different era started off hunting because that's what you did yeah. um you, you hunted you, you your dad took you out of school exactly. on opening yeah. day and um you know he taught you how to clean one and you whatever um some people learn more than others some people traveled from the city out took a week off but yeah. hunting wasn't about the chance of someone getting in a magazine that was fairly slim um eastman's you Very know had slim, that yeah. deal and and even eastman's for an example that was it was i say honor but it was an honor to wear that hat they gave you when you had an article printed um, hey i don't mean to go back to this here real fast but yeah <laughs> i had an article printed and i never got my hat <laughs> i mean honestly i probably wouldn't have worn it unless it was a camo uh, visor, a visor anyway yeah. but you know still it's yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> yeah you and the visors i just when you shave your head it looks a little funny especially when your head gets burnt it's not good but you, you get know, that you, line around your head yeah oh yeah, yeah it's like the tip of a dog's wing. But <laughs> you uh you you did you hunted because that's just what you did yeah right now how many people are hunting on social media to get a photo on social media like that is there doing it for the gram for, man. <laughs> that is the only real i mean if you broke it down and uh you know if if you inject it with a truth serum is that the only reason why is that what they're looking to do is just get a photo on there for i think it would take truth serum to really find out well doesn't that this kind of comes back to that uh we'll just say the huntress girl that had killed a deer last year and let it sit over. She killed it right at dusk, and she let it sit overnight Boy, in, in the desert. Could you even be talking about? Yeah. Well, <laughs> killed it in the desert. You know, it was super hot, hundred degrees, yeah. and left it overnight for for picture for pictures. Just got yeah. covered on the Black Side podcast. Um, and he, so here's the thing. Um, she's just started hunting not that long ago, and well, and you could almost look at that and say, okay, she may lack. She may have lacked the knowledge that she was going to lose all the meat. So th this was my... Or she may have been doing it for the wrong reason to begin with. Well, I mean, and, that's... that, but And it, we don't know. Only she would know that. Here's the thing and, is, if you don't know... Then you should know. Yeah. And <laughs> you if should you, educate yourself yeah, in it, advance. And, you and Brian to. and I gotten into huge arguments over this whole thing because um, if we shot a... Well, let's say we're... we're any of us normally hunt in Colorado, it's pretty hot. It's even yeah. hotter in Arizona. Yeah. But if you if you know, you can dump the guts out and it'll be fine the next day. Yeah. If you know how to take care of it, you spread the rib Prop cage it out. Prop open, yeah. you bet, yeah. I mean, that happens all the time. I it mean, does, sometimes yeah. that happens because you're just too lazy and tired to get back to the truck and you're like, we'll take care of this in the morning. Or you're not fit to hunt yeah. and you've kind of hunted yourself <laughs> into a place where you're like, oh, crap, I'm not sure this is actually feasible to get this out of here tonight. <laughs> yeah, ex exactly. I, I, I personally haven't I personally haven't had to do that, I, and I'm, I'm grateful for that, but yeah. – uh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it is a reality and it's something you need to prepare yourself for. You need to know what to do going into it rather than learning it through rotten meat experience. Right. And, uh, and I, I sounds like she's eating it and it's good or whatever, but the, at that time, um, where Brian and I got into these, um, uh, arguments where we had done a podcast on the perception of hunting and yeah. what we can do to put a better foot forward on the perception of hunting. And, that to me, and I don't have any, it's Bridget Fables or now, I don't have any problem with Bridget. She's super cool. I don't have a problem I've, with Chester. I've never met her. I yeah. mean, I say she's, I met her twice and she seems super nice and they do a lot for hunting. They have a big following. They get a lot mm -hmm. of people that are they non sure do, hunting yeah. into it. 
But was the result of that because of skipping a lot of years of um, of, of knowledge? Could be. Because she didn't know. Was the result of that, which I don't think it was, because I, if I was going to leave the guts in an animal because it was a 400-inch bull and I wanted better photos, I would not post that. Yeah. So if you didn't know, you don't know any better. I waited till the next morning to, to take better photos. I don't think she knew. Um, was it wrong or right? Obviously, I think it was wrong. You want to get, to, and it's not anything to hang her up in the courtyard over. You, you're learning. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't there personally. Right. I don't know the exact conditions, but I mean, the optics from what from what I viewed, I I didn't love it. Well, you know, I, I can <laughs> I tell mean, you 100. I would have liked to have seen it done differently, but I'll argue this: never leave the guts in an animal overnight never. if you can help it. I mean, sometimes you just can't find the animal, and yeah. and. Uh, and you certainly don't post that you did it to take a better photo. And again, I don't, there's not, I don't have it. I mean, I think it's a good, it's a good learning thing. Cause I think I've probably told 755 people now, not a good idea. Yeah. Don't do that. Now, was it cause there was some stuff skipped in there in the middle where she might've learned or whatever. I mean, she worked her ass off. She stayed in the oh, blind and absolutely nothing yeah. wrong with all that, but you don't leave the guts in an animal to wait up for all your friends and let it sit for 12 hours to get a better photo. You don't yeah. do that. You just don't. Um, not to say I'm a perfect ethical poster child. I've done all hey, kinds. None of, of us stuff. are, you know, I mean, we've uh, truthfully, I think most of the, I think most of the errors that are made mm -hmm. in hunting are errors of omission, not errors of commission. You know what yeah, I mean? They're yeah. errors of, and, and and I think honestly, this one very very likely falls into that. Yeah, you know. But I mean, hey, that's I don't work for Parks and Wildlife. It's not my. Yeah, it's not mine to well, judge or is, anyway. So where was the guy that knew what he was doing to say, "Hey, dump the guts out of it." Yeah, the photo will look the same. That's, that's what irritates me. That's so, a good question. You can always tip that animal a few degrees forward and no, cover up well, that let's, that hole. That's Dana, easily accomplished. Our, our Dana up front. Mm -hmm. Dana hasn't killed anything, so. I wouldn't put it past, let's say, Dana to shoot a giant deer, a giant deer at last light, and have no idea what she's doing. Nothing. She hasn't learned. Yeah. And to, let's say it was her and one of her girlfriends, and her call me and say, what do I do? I, I want to get better photos. This is my first deer. I would tell her, hey, cut it from the sternum down. You're going to be messy. Get everything yep. <laughs> out of there. Get some branches. Spread open the rib cage and I am and 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 I and, and get the legs in a position if you're going to get a good photo to where at least the knees are bent up. That's right, because not to once say that rigors, it's <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and I've done this, I've done this twice because of this for people with people. I've taken 550 cord, wrapped it around the animal so you can still flip it, get it aired out, but the legs are oh yeah, tied that's in. a great idea. Um, and let it, let it lie, and, and then I would say you probably need to camp by it because it's going to get eaten. Yeah, and honestly, and, I've only had one animal that I, I recovered the next day. Yeah, and it was a good buck. It was an amazing buck, and and honestly, I got I got lucky. Yeah, I got lucky on that. It was we tracked it till dark. We tracked it a little bit past dark, and the blood was. I mean, I've been on enough blood trails to know when you're fighting a losing battle and I'm yeah. like, this is now a grid search. This is no longer a blood search. Yeah. So we immediately, we backed out we're back in the next morning and, and I got lucky. I lost zero meat off that buck and I should have, because it was, 
Yeah, you toasty. can get bone spoil or bone sour, you know, and yeah. then you get, and the meat may have been fine with what, leaving it overnight or whatever. The thing is, you do not ever want to risk it. Yeah. I mean, th- you think about this, and I brought it up to people, do you leave your steak overnight and eat it the first thing in the morning, or do you put it in the fucking refrigerator? Yeah, exactly. You, you put yeah. it in the fridge. <laughs> okay, if somebody was like, well, it could be good, well, keep trying that till you get salmonella and <laughs> yeah. trichinosis, right? Like, you, you, you want to do the best you can. So- I can see that happening where I would say, hey, you know, Dana, this is what you're going to want to do. Yeah. And, hey, or I'll come out and help. Where was the ass clown there? Who? Why didn't somebody say, hey? Yeah, somebody should have helped her out on that. And then where that, was the fucking sure. guy that says, hey, don't post that shit on social media? That I, definitely <laughs> should happen, yeah. Especially, and so those are the kind of things where I think it's a good learning. Well, I the mean, sad thing is, uh, before that happened, I had no idea who she even was. Yeah. That was that was my and, my, and I think probably a huge part of her followers, I think that was a lot of our introduction to her. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, it was... Again, I think it was an error of omission, you know, just not knowing. But, you know, I, I, I guess we should all we, – we need to make sure we know what we're getting into before we get, our, before we get into those situations. And that's that's got to happen. Yeah. And know I mean, what to do. You got to police your own, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And was it the end of the world? Was it? No, of course not. But, I mean, it's something that's important for people to um, understand what – they need to do um, just like blood trailing. There's yeah. a time you you know when to hold them, you know when to fold them. There's a time you push, and there's a time you let her lay. Um, and that's only learned from. Come on, Frank. Go ahead. What do you got? <laughs> go ahead. Go, go. Come on. <laughs> you gotta push and let her lay, huh? I don't know. That's oh. Yeah. <laughs> I did leave some windows open, uh, but there there's a time. And now that, Henry's uncomfortable again. <laughs> <laughs> that you learn from experience, like you talked about. It's gone from a blood trail to a grid search. Yeah. You well, pull out, and, right? but a lot oh, of I people pull out. Yeah. You just did it again. <laughs> but I thought that this was cold, awkward. <laughs> but yeah, the, there's a lot. A lot of those things you only learn from experience, though. And well, and that's exactly right. Experience is the best teacher, and it's something that not all of us, you know, not everybody did grow up in that family that hunted. So, right. I mean, a lot of people, you know, their first hunt is a massive learning experience. I mean, I grew up, I went on a hunt with my dad when I was like eight. Yeah. And that was it. So, yeah. when I shot my first deer, I gutted that thing like a fish because I knew how to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, you know, it it worked. It was okay, you know, but I, I took it to the meat place. I took a doe fully intact yeah. to the meat place. They skinned it and, you know, and I, I learned on the job. I learned right there. I'm like, okay, now I know how to do this better next time. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with anything we're talking about. It's just because of social media. Some of that stuff is 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 skipped. Skipped, yeah. And yeah, we do skip a lot of those steps, and that's the funny thing because those steps are are vital. Well, well let's talk about what we skip. We skip tuning a bow. Oh, that's, yeah, that's skipped. Uh, tuning broadhead set or tu- tuning arrows and setting up bows. Yeah. That's skipped. We skip land nav. That's definitely skipped by yeah. everyone. We skip field craft. Mm-hmm. You know how many people I know that don't know how to build a fire. Uh, most. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we skip field craft. All right. We just general field craft, meaning repair, first aid. We, yeah. All of that is skipped because break your smile. What are you thinking? I'm thinking about, remember when I was telling you when I first got my first bow, it was a Cabela's bow. <laughs> full story's Full awesome. package. Nice. Come with a whisker biscuit, oh, like a three pin true like bow. Like all the good ones do. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> full length arrows. And I bought a pack of Rage Broadheads because that's what I saw on TV and just went. 
hunting. Yeah. I went hunting and I shot at a buck and I missed probably like three feet high. And I was like, what? My field points were hitting. Why are my broadheads? Why are these? I had no clue that you had to broadhead tune. I'd never heard of, because that's something that's not put out on the mainstream hunting TV shows or anything like that. Well, let's face it. That's not pretty. It's not a, it's not an exciting process. Yeah, exactly. It's not exciting. That's not going to get views. I never, and I never could figure out until um, I ended up getting a better bow and I ended up uh, going up to Pellegrino's and became friends with Evan when he worked mm-hmm. there. And he kind of explained out, explained the stuff that I needed to know, helped me tune my bow. And that's kind of, that's you what got skinny Evan. Now it's beast now mode, it's film swole, everything in the gym. Evan. Is that yeah. what he's doing now? He films oh, everything man. he does in the gym <laughs> to a point I've about had to unfollow him. I can't he's handle it. He's a big boy he, now. Damn, Damn, that kid. He's, he's huh? big enough I should probably stop talking shit about him. Um, <laughs> no, I, I get along with Evan. And, and, but, and he can shoot multiple weapons. Yeah, yeah. He's, he, yeah, he, yeah he'll hit me with an air gun and a bow. Um, no, he's... He's a beefcake. I mean, he's put on probably forty pounds. Oh, yes. he's, he's a beefy. He's beefy. But uh, I mean, even that obviously, as I'm making fun of the gym stuff, that motivates some people to work out because of social media, right? People, Evan's got a following, and yeah. people are working out because of Evan. There's nothing wrong with that. But you know, back to what skipped and everything else. When you get on social media, how many people are talking about land nav? Nobody. Okay. Nobody. How many people talk about? Well, when I say, t- how many people are instructing how to tune an arrow and set up a bow? Not hardly. nearly enough. Yeah, and, and most of them are not doing it correctly. Well, and so- truthfully, <laughs> if, even if they did, here's, here's the sad part. Let's say a guy like Tim Gillingham gets on there and says, hey, guys, I'm setting up this bow. I'm going to go out and I'm going to tune it. And within, you know, in, in like a 10-part series on Instagram – I'm going to tune this bow and it's going to be drilling dots, dot and eyes, whatever you, however you want to phrase it, you know, by the time this is over, is that going to get as many views as some chick fishing for bass in a bikini sitting top? Sitting on a and bison. A, what is the cooler? You know, orca. I think it's orca cooler. Or sitting on an orca mean, cooler, just, ass crack hanging out. Yeah. It just, it, it blows Why me away. Why can't we you have know? both? Yeah. <laughs> well, and, 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 and that is exactly what I was leading up to it's is what sells. Now, and how it's many. it's not necessarily knowledge that sells every time. And, and, and it's good that it gets people, again, everybody keep this open minded. This is, it's good that it gets people into hunting, like this aspects of social media. But yeah, because we do need, I mean, let, let, let's be honest, we need a bigger voice. We need a more cohesive voice yep. representing hunters moving forward so we don't have other states losing bear hunting privileges like we did here in Colorado. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then, you know, but you you get a guy on there and he sees, okay, these people are using this gear and whatever. And then he picks a spot on the map and he goes and he gets back there and is like, shit, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah, And I I mean, he's honestly, he's endangering himself. He's putting himself at pretty giant risk. If you don't know what to do back there, I'm all for it. It's not a safe place. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I mean, truly, there's, it's not a safe place. There are a lot of things that can go wrong back there. Yeah. And if you're not prepared to deal with those, at least on a rudimentary level, you may not be coming back out of there without a stretcher. A lot of that can be attributed to social skip media. Skipping steps. Yeah, skipping skip steps. steps. That's it. And uh, and that's all, you know, talking about this, I'm not, we are not downgrading or talking negatively about the people that do that. We're just, I'm bringing it up because it's important you learn, learn kind of all of it or learn enough. And, yeah. and, and the same thing with 
you've got a, you know, what would you say is the number one thing talked about on social media on the hunting community? I'm asking the question, both of you guys. Is it? Well, I'll give you a list. Is it gear? Is it fitness? It's got to be. Or is it tactics? It's got to be gear. Well, it's one of the first two. It's yeah, sure isn't the third one <laughs> exactly? So tactics. Probably. I, don't, I don't think fitness is talked about in the re- correlation to hunting, though. It's more like look it. at my muscles, you know. I see kinda. it kind of dialing back a little bit. Well, and I gotta say, I mean, honestly, this is coming from a guy who was so irritated by it that he started a page <laughs> called "Not Fit well, to I was Hunt." Just to say, <laughs> you started the opposite. A good example is uh, you, you over here, <laughs> not exactly a, a pinnacle of fitness. No, um, I'm, I'm at least a hundred setups away from perfection, and, uh, yeah. or dieting and nutrition. But I, don't, I don't have that kind of time. <laughs> but you, you kill stuff. Well, every year. I mean, you, yeah. I don't. I, it's been a while since you haven't. You, 12 years in a row for a mule deer with my bow. Right. So and I'm pretty proud of that because I, I, I know how much work I've put into making that happen. Well, and, and you and you look at it with, you know that um, your time and family restraints. Yeah. Okay. So Absolutely. Kicks away some aspect of it, it's difficult. I've coached three seasons of lacrosse this this year. Well, and you, in 2018. You, you also volunteer you know. quite a bit with the church too. Yeah. yeah. So backpack hunting isn't out of the question but it's more difficult it's awfully hard to get to (laughs) yeah um so you have uh orchestrated your life around um a few different hunting spots that you can do your daily duties yeah and still hunt that area and have become very well very knowledgeable on those areas with the time constraints you have meaning you don't have to not everybody has to backpack hunt you can kill stuff a mile from the road and you can do you it know, very efficiently can i can i make a, a confession here real quick <laughs> i'm not really a backpack hunter yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i hunt with a backpack on and i have backpack hunted <laughs> yeah but truthfully uh we camped out in a trailer this year for the most part yeah i and wish i would have had one of them about was, day nine uh, yeah I, i'm not gonna lie doesn't suck yeah (laughs) now granted there are there are spots where i hunt where truthfully backpack hunting would probably make more sense because i had i had to haul my fat butt up and down this mountain every single day to glass (laughs) yeah and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie i went up that mountain over 20 days this season Mm -hmm. and i went up a couple other mountains as uh that were a little bit easier as a path of least resistance as a path's path of less resistance a couple other days just to kind of relax and yeah. take it a little easier but you know that's we all have different experiences in in hunting and it's not you know I, you guys you guys have done a great job of getting this backpack hunting message out there and and dude you've got a lot of people involved in it and i think that's awesome i think that i think it's great that people are passionate about that and I also think it's great that, you know, they get way back in there, maybe push a few animals back out uh, closer to the roads <laughs> that seems for to all be of what's us, happening you know? sometimes. I, I really do believe that is happening. I, I really do. I think that that's... In some areas, it's definitely happening without a yeah, doubt. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, there's a, there's a fair amount of pressure deep into these wilderness areas. And, you know, it's the animals, the animals all deal with pressure in the same way. They change their patterns or they vacate the area, and that's that's pretty much all there is to it. Oh yeah, and and I and in uh, learning and knowing all of this stuff, um, 
takes time, a, a lot oh, of it. it sure does. Yeah, um, you've got to put a lot of time in behind the glass watching the animal behavior and watching their patterns and tendencies before you have any chance of knowing that. Oh, yeah. And and and, and fitness takes time. If, yeah. if you want to be super fit, it's, it's going to take time. Animal behavior is probably a lot more difficult than fitness well even though maybe well, not for everybody some lives close enough to them to really be able to observe them much anyway exactly I mean, that's you know if you're coming from missouri to come out and i mean you know tony trich i that i don't even know how that guy does it <laughs> well actually i do because he spends a lot of time observing animal behavior leading up to the season yeah and i think that's fantastic that's a good way to learn that but if you're most people come out here and Let's talk about Tony. He came by the house the other day. Okay. So Tony, quickly, um, people say, you know, how lucky he is to take that amount of time. Well, no. it wasn't luck. Um, That's it's planning. A, and hard work. It's a lot of planning and a lot of hard work. T- in Tony that, has for sure. structured his entire life. He has very good guys on his crew. It's a construction company and not one he grandfathered into. He built it from the ground yeah. up. He builds custom homes. He has a great crew, so he's allowed to take off the time he has. And he stopped by the house because he needed a sleeping bag. He's got wet or whatever, and we were shooting the shit. And he puts a lot of effort into it. He's a great no hunter. No question about that. Yeah. Um, you know, he's very um, skilled at, he's multifaceted, I guess you could say, you know, he's not, he kills everything, right? He's very yeah. good at it. Um, but he also though was raised in a hunting family and learned, you know, at a young age kind of what to do. And he, like Frank's story with the broadheads not hitting and, yeah. and, and I mean, how many people right now on a bet would you say if we lined up a thousand people, bow hunters in a row, how many of their broadheads and field hips are going to hit in the same spot at 40 yards? Or when I say same spot, within reason, I'm gonna say it's a not many, lot smaller we, we number can go than to Bear Creek Lake <laughs> hey, put Park it, and take put a look. It, put your hand under the table and get ready to hold up some fingers for a percentage. So four would be forty percent, and then we'll hold them up in three seconds. One. I just want to flip you guys off. Two, three. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> uh, I'd say thirty percent know how to hit the same spot. And I think you're. I think you're high. Um, I could be. Well, and that's Colorado. not just a, we yeah. live in Colorado. <laughs> yeah. I think your number, I think your estimate is high. Oh yeah. No kidding. And yeah, I think it's probably 10 to 20%. It, but you know, there's also people who they know somebody who is willing to help them out and, mm-hmm. and get them to that. But yeah. there's a lot of people who, if you're just learning it on your own, man, that is it's like witchcraft to them as far as they're concerned, you know, getting everything to fly at the same. Well, I know what videos we have to make in the off season and start to work on because of, you know, the um, uh, trials and tribulations of the season have come back to people now where they're like, okay, gut check or, or reality check. Yeah. Uh, okay, I, I shot and hit it in the hoof or missed it. And I have no idea why or um, not to earmuff it, Henry. I may need to make my arrow slightly heavier. Um, <laughs> it's too bad um, you can't see an eye roll in a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but all the different things that people may want to change, you know, footwear. Yeah. Maybe they wore stiff boots and want to go to light. Maybe they wore light want to go to stiff. All these things come to, to Frank and I now. And you, you know, obviously you have a podcast as well. Well, I don't. I just appear on a few. Um, oh, gotcha. I thought you guys had. Didn't you have a video series Yeah, we've thing? got a YouTube yeah. channel that hasn't been updated in a very long time. <laughs> Takes time. Did you guys. Um, but what we're talking about now, again, is not talking down to people or, or saying anything other than this is what's happening. 
And where I learned, I remember one of the first times I learned about survival in a day pack, um, driving down the road in Oregon, road hunting, because that's what you do. Uh, yeah. Big black tail ran across the road. It's snowing. You know, when I'm in, it's Carhartts in a hoodie, because that's what you wear in Oregon. Um, we take off after it. We get lost. Okay. I have nothing with me. <laughs> oh, man. And when I say in an Oregon snow, Oregon snow is a wet snow. Pretty it's a wet. heavy snow. Yeah. Um, and we've walked so far. I think I'm 16. Um, you know, close to death, right? I mean, at a young age, this happened to Brian Call, too. Um, same kind of a thing. And we ended up finding a cabin. I don't know whose it was. We kicked the door in, started a fire. <laughs> um, made it back when it finally stopped snowing. Not because I knew navigation, not because of any other reason. We took a guess and finally yeah. hit a road and, and we're Did lucky. Did you follow the road on the cabin or was it just like out in the middle? Of no, no, man. It was in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> okay. Oh, so it, it was one of those things as an eye opener as a 16-year-old kid who was fairly as a 16-year-old kid. I worked on a trail crew team. I you know, was out yeah, in the woods. Yeah, some there. experience in the woods at least. For a 16-year-old yeah. kid, yeah. I had quite a bit. I could have died, right? And, and in fact, at this point... A lot of the things, again, it's not like you just pop out the womb knowing how to tune a bow or yeah. knowing survival. It's all the collective of dumb shit you've done. You know, Frank, your list is still growing. My list is still growing. I do a lot of stupid things, yeah. And uh, you're, You guys aren't alone. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's not like you're – if you're not learning, something's wrong. You're constantly learning. I mean, what yeah. did we learn this year? I learned there's something called uh, cow parsnip that makes your hand swell up, look like Deadpool. <laughs> well, see, now you know. Yeah. And I, I, again, um, I, I learned... actually went through and did a list of lessons that I learned. <laughs> I did this last night, and, and I thought, this, these are the lessons I learned hunting one mule deer this year. And that could be an entire podcast all on its own because, man, that buck taught me a lot. Yeah. First of all, it taught me I'm not that great a hunter. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just really stupid and persistent and don't quit. Yeah. There's, there's yeah. things you forget and then you you re-remember. Yeah. Also, like, like patience. Like wind direction. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. But we, like you talked about, the patience, patience is thing, huge. You know, so. Came in there too early before they their second bed yeah. and they walked out. Um, one of the things I, out of all the things, my hands go numb. I didn't bring warm enough gloves um, oh, geez. on a high country hunt. Just stupid little things. So, again, though, I didn't have social media. We made it back uh, shortly after that. The next year, we skipped school. I think I was the eldest of the group of three. <laughs> uh, shot three or two or three bucks uh, road hunting right out the truck. Um, I may have rested on the door. And <laughs> Sean got a heat stroke. Uh, Sean's 14. We've skipped school. He's dying, right? He's got a heat. I mean, I I don't, I'm not fucking around. He's in bad shape, stroke. yeah. Uh, we don't know what to do. He's he's having seizures. What? And, oh, my uh, gosh. You know, because when you're a kid, we're drinking Mountain Dew and a giant hydration. What's that? What country is that in, right? We didn't know, right? <laughs> yeah, it seems legit. Food? Yeah. I mean, now I go that? off, I've got $30,000 of gear in my pack. Back yeah, then, exactly. I didn't have a pack. Um, <laughs> so you learn all these things over time, and, and sometimes, you know, it'll get to your point. Maybe you overpack, maybe you underpack. Let's say animals... If you have a great teacher at a young age, which I did not, you're way ahead of the game, yeah. right? But if you don't have a great teacher, that first 10 years is going to be a lot of stumbles and falls. Well, it's going to be a lot of unfilled tags too. Mm -hmm. And that's – see, and that's something that I think a lot of people are, are trying to cut out that unfilled tag portion of it. Yeah. And I mean, uh, I was telling Frank, I said, you know, before I, I got – I've gotten an antelope each of the last three years with my bow. But, dude, before that – 
I had a long stretch of unsuccessful hunts. You ever flipped off you know? an animal? Yes. <laughs> I had that experience. I may or may not have mooned a mule deer this year. I had that experience this year hunting <laughs> antelope. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Am I flipping off an animal? I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might be misdirected anger, but <laughs> yeah. at, the, at the moment, yeah. dude, you're, it happens. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it's kind of funny. I mean, we do get a little emotional and passionate about these things sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's like, does this maybe mean too much to me? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I <laughs> I about snapped a twelve hundred dollar black widow in half several times. Um, <laughs> one black widow's well, fault, but uh, I was going to say clearly it is the bow's yeah. fault. <laughs> that, I just that friend is called misdirected <laughs> anger. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> generally, when you ground tune, it's not the bow's fault. Um, let's talk about ground tune. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, so, it almost never is. But oh yeah, but uh, but it's the easiest thing to blame. It's a lot easier than blaming ourselves. Oh and yeah, that's the that's the bad part of it. No, for for sure. And I mean that kid that I ran into, um, he works just right down the road. This was his first backpack hunt. He hiked back in where we were. First hunt ever. First backpack. Oh my hunt. gosh. And uh, you know he, you could tell. I mean he was um, having fun, but overwhelmed with yeah. how big it was. And, and another guy that I ran into, um, yeah, he knew was came in and introduced himself, and uh, he turned the fuck around. Uh, just, <laughs> he went back. Uh, another group um did the same thing i did not run into that omni and wesley ran into they didn't make it to the summit they turned around now the guy i ran into you could see he was on his last he was done done like you know and i'm trying not to laugh because like i've been there it's been a few years but uh (laughs) you look like you're about to die and he was like i did not and he was doing the hand thing we're not on film but i'm doing anyway I did not realize the sheer vastness of yeah. this area. It's just this big on the map. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, but that's a mile, brother. I mean, and he was like, I'm not sure what I should do. And I said, I tell you what I would do. That's National Forest down by the road. I'd drive up and down it in the morning and shoot one off the road. And uh, he's like, is that legal? And I was like, you got to get off the center line. If you yep. feel that's unethical, walk. Yeah. But you will shoot get a deer. Hike a bit. You'll shoot a deer down there. And I said, if you're done, spent energy, I said, just get up early in the morning, walk a little bit in glass, go down by the road. And he was like, I, I'm not, I, I'm not built for this. And I was like, hey, how much money did you spend to get here? Yeah. Oh Jesus Christ, my wife's gonna kill me. And I was like, <laughs> well, man, backpack hunting's not for everyone, right? It's, well. You know, yeah. you, you get down to the it's brass not. tacks, social media. He saw the glory of there it. it he saw the beauty. He saw. Who doesn't want to have that picture of their tent in that big <laughs> high country saddle right <laughs> in the middle of somebody, some deer's travel patterns? Oh, oh sorry. Yeah, that's, that's a different a story. That, that, hit a, that hits a sore spot. <laughs> that that, yeah, that does hurt. But, uh, but he saw all the photos and everybody talking about. Let's see, what did we skip? We don't highlight. We don't highlight starving, right? We, we don't highlight the fact I got so beat up. I had brought a stirrupin on each stock just to suck water out of creeks because I'd have to carry oh my, my pack gosh, back. Yeah. Life straw, sorry. Um, you know, we don't, well, your boot ripped off. The back end of your boot opened up the size of. I was basically wearing a tennis shoe on my right foot <laughs> for the last five days of the hunt. Yeah, waking oh, up in the morning pleasant. and your hip's yeah. not working because you're sleeping on an air pad. Um, yeah. 
you, you, you leave all that out, um, you know, butt fungus and crotch rot and all the other things that are great. Well, if you with... guys were a little more honest in your stories, you know, <laughs> yeah. maybe you'd find that that backcountry would open right back up again. There'd be all those animals to chase. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then, and then you run into other guys, which I didn't see any this time, that you can just tell they're created for pain. They love it. They're just, yeah. you know, so you get all of that. But uh, we're hitting 50 minutes, so let's spend the next 20, 30 talking about uh, – well, for those who don't remember, you've killed, well, I don't know how many deer you've killed, but you've killed what, three over 180? Um, no, I've got, I've, I've got one, I've got two that are right in that, I've got two in the neighborhood of 180 and I've got one that's like 191. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. And, but a, and a pile of other good bucks. Yeah, yeah. I got, got a few in that, you know, 150 to 170 range. So, and, uh, and these are not, uh, these are not internet scores. These are true scores yeah. so um with the correct photography you can make a 150 look pretty what big. did you say yeah. uh, nobody <laughs> cares about true. net nets for fishing that's our for fishing yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think sci has it right when it comes to measuring animals if they grew it you should freaking measure it <laughs> that's my opinion of course that's the opinion of a guy who just shot a trashy buck so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but you you were after um a buck you had some history <sighs> with it what do you think that thing scores I don't know. I I have a feeling there's three I'll, digits in it, and, and the first one starts with two. I I personally <laughs> feel that he's a little over two hundred inches, uh, yeah. like two oh five, maybe two ten. But yeah, I, I you know wouldn't surprise me if he's high one nineties. All all I, I know it wouldn't surprise me if he's over in that close to t- ten range. To, and this is yeah. this is gross, not net. Oh yeah, he's yeah. not going to net high at all. But well, it's still going to be high. But I yeah. mean, it's I was hunting this buck because I have three years experience with it. And two years of big, stupid mistakes with it. And, you know, I, li- I like to feel that uh, I allowed this buck to get older by being stupid. <laughs> Just giving it a chance. Just yeah, giving it a chance. Reach his full maturity and his full potential. Um, but, yeah, this was an absolutely amazing deer. And I hunted this deer. I, I, I realized I, I found him again in July this year. And I said, all right, I am hunting nothing but that deer at least the first two weeks of the season because my pattern has been this i'll hunt i'll scout like crazy all summer find a good buck figure him out pattern him and then uh, a week into the season i realized that i'm the only person in the world who is not tagged out yet and i'll go shoot an average deer (laughs) (laughs) and i mean honestly it's dumb it's it's really dumb and it's a it's a lack of I, i guess it shows you kind of a lack of the confidence in your own skills that you could even kill them the last week of the season. It doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily have to be the first week. Um, but yeah, I, I, it, that was kind of one of those things that I learned about myself this year. Hunting, hunting one buck is not for everybody. And no, it's honestly, for probably 5%. I'm not sure it's for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I'm going to tell you guys a little secret about myself. Yeah, do you know, like you. <laughs> yeah, I really like shooting mule deer. I like hunting mule deer. It's, it's my passion. I mean, it truly is. But the fact is, I passed a lot of opportunities on other bucks. I saw a photo of one yesterday. I can't believe you passed. Uh, Yeah, he was bedded at 20 yards for a half hour. It's too close. It was. I didn't feel like it was ethical. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm already... You've got to give your bow time to speed up the arrow. Yeah, well, exactly. Because well, the kinetic energy is not maxed out yet <laughs> yeah. at twenty. That's just a fact. 
You know, according was, to the internet, I was just going to say people actually think that shit. That's the sad thing. There's that... no little engine in that knock, people. The fastest it is, the moment it leaves the string, then yeah, you faster. Those fletchings are not propellers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, one of the things. I don't know. Mike that... goes pew, 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 like all the way down. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> Mine usually just goes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I. Uh, I, I'll tell you, it was, you know, again, hunting that one single deer, literally climbing that mountain every single day, seeing him most days, getting a shot at him at very close range, having a, watching a deer duck your stinking arrow. Make that was cry. pretty humbling. And I'm not going to lie. That was, that was a tough pill to swallow. And um, you were 20. I was close. Yeah. I was real close. That shot was just over 30 yards yeah and you know he was already alert but i thought surely everything's gonna be fine we're he close range the mr anderson he matrixed on oh you. he <laughs> absolutely did man he went just about belly flat and i caught him right through the back straps i literally had meat on my arrow and when i saw him run away and i got my binos on him i honestly almost threw up like devastating. I, it is. Well, you know what I mean? You guys know how much time I put into my shooting. I take pride in it that I've, I've spent the time to be a, a decent shot with my bow. And oh, when you see something like that happen, it is gut-wrenching. Yeah. I mean, first of all, you know the animal's going to be suffering for it. Although he didn't look like he was suffering too much. Well, I, did, I didn't see that deer for six days after that. It yeah. was six days later that I spotted him again. And when I say six days, I mean my fat butt was on top of that hill <laughs> five out of those six days. Five out of those six days looking for that buck again. And when I finally found him again, man, it was like Christmas. It was like, oh, game on. You know, we're going to go get this buck. This is going to happen. And Was he in the, was he, um, in the, the same area pretty close? By? Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's what we were talking about on a yesterday or the day before's podcast. How he in his spot, at least, the deer would just keep coming back to the I've same never spot. Seen anything like it? See, that was one of the other lessons I learned. One of the other notes I took here is these deer have a home range. Yeah, and they they're there for a reason. And I mean, that reason is uh, there's a couple things. I mean, first of all, they've got the food, they've got the water, they've got the whatever they need there. Terrain and escape yeah. terrain and everything else. Yeah, but it's home. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's home. If somebody comes and chases you out of your house, you know, if a uh, flood comes through, maybe, how many people maybe a little twitchy when you place? come back, but you're coming back. And so are they. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have trust issues at that point. Yeah. And, and, you know, those trust issues are usually delivered at, I delivered my trust issue at 295 feet per second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, but yeah, those bucks come back. They do come back. So don't give up on a spot. If you have, if you've, put a lot of time into scouting a particular area, do not give up on it. They will come back. They It may take 24, 48 hours. <laughs> it may take six days like it did on my buck, but he did come back. So I got another stock on him, which, um, you know, I sat there 25 yards waiting for him to stand up. This was the one Aaron was talking about with the other buck. Um, I mean, there's that a hundred. That mid-70s buck, isn't he? he? Yeah, that's what I figured, mid-70s. Yeah. And he... Uh, he laid there just picture perfect, head facing the other direction. I mean, I could have, I could have, you know, yeah, he, he was already on the wall as far as I was concerned, but he wasn't the buck I was after. 
the other buck was laying 28 yards away in the brush with no shot. So me being me, I totally <laughs> outsmarted the situation. I'm like, if I can get around this tree oh. to that bush, I think there's going to be a shot between these two bushes bedded at him. Yeah, there was not. <laughs> but the distance that I moved cost me an opportunity at that buck because when he did stand up and somehow he stands up and he is staring straight through me. I'm like, I haven't moved in over two minutes. Yeah. Not moved a muscle. I've got an arrow knocked already. I'm just sitting there waiting. And by the way, no, there was not a shot between those two bushes. It was just <laughs> more bushes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, but I would have had a I would have had a frontal shot at him at 28 yards had I stayed in my previous position. Uh, but, you know, yeah, that didn't happen. So, anyway, I, uh, I, I sat there and just... All I could do was just walk away because he stood up, stared holes through me for a couple minutes, and then uh, trotted away. That's depressing. It is depressing, but you know, and one of the one of the other lessons I, uh, you know, other hunters, that's the thing that tends to send most of us off course. You see somebody else in your spot. Definitely threw me through a loop. <laughs> well, and and you know what? I, I had a, ran into a couple guys from uh, Nebraska this year that, you know, I'm pretty proud of myself that I didn't empty my quiver on their tires. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I asked them, hey, guys, look, if, if you could just stay out of this one spot. They were hunting deer. They were hunting elk. I was hunting deer. Yeah. So, I mean, we're not competition to each other in any in way. In that area? Somewhat. Yeah. But not, I mean, this particular spot. Not really. Hmm. I mean, I, I'd watched it every day for two weeks and had seen elk one time. And I told him that. I'm like, guys, this is not a real high odds proposition for you here. So anyway, but, you know, they're going in. They they did their intel. They did their research. And Google Earth told them there was going to be deer there or elk there. So that's where they were. <laughs> and, and so I asked him, I said, hey, guys, could you, could you do me just this one favor and just stay out of this one little area? Right. And they're like, no, nah, we got up late today. <laughs> I said, oh, well, I hope you guys enjoyed your cuddle time. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I went my way, they went theirs, and they marched. I literally watched them from my glassing point through the 15s, marching straight through the spot. I asked them to stay out. Good like, Lord. Well, thanks, guys. That was helpful. But anyway, you know, so I, I learned next day the deer were back. Yeah. So again, you know, they want to be back in their home range. So these guys walked through, but they weren't a threat to them. So yeah, it was, it was tough though. I mean, I, I learned, a, you know, I learned that, uh, while we think that every time you get shot with an arrow, it's a fatal hit. That is definitely not the case. This, this buck had a through and through on him and did not even slow him down. When I saw him six days later, he looks fine on the video. Oh yeah, exactly. And that was that was about two weeks later. Yeah, that was just over two weeks later. So he was uh, he was too absolutely bad it wasn't a fine. spinal shot. Yeah, man, literally had that arrow been one to two inches lower, it would have been a quick tracking job. <laughs> you know, he would have been right there. But spinal, spinal, <laughs> my back, my back is broken. Spinal, spinal. <laughs> but yeah, and I. You know, one other one other lesson I had reaffirmed this year was that 
everybody has their own approach when you get in and you've done your work, you've gotten, you've closed the distance and you're close to the animal. So are you guys in the camp of wait, wait them out, wait for them to stand and shoot? Or do you call or throw rocks or scream obscenities? What, what, what do you do? Man, it's hard to say. I think it's more circumstantial than anything for me. Yeah, I was going to say, I personally, if I'm above them, I'm a rock thrower. Um, I'm okay. a, I'm a, you know what I mean? When I say above them, meaning they don't look up a whole, whole lot. Not in typically, cliffs, yeah. No, and, and uh, if, if especially if it's something where I can see them and I know in that split second they stand, I've got a shot, and it's not a stand and walk shot, meaning yeah. walk out in the open. But, yeah, I would say it's – situational somewhat but i'm definitely more of i don't have the patience to wait too damn long so i'm probably going to try to remaneuver or chuck something down okay what about you frank i've been trying to work on my patience a lot recently <laughs> honestly so i'm i'm more of a waiter i mean i i waited a spot this um on this hunt where we went like for like three or four hours because i thought the bucks were bedded below me yeah they were not there Oh, sitting on an empty bag. That's <laughs> yeah. now. I've stocked a lot of empty like, bags. Uh, Those are fun. It's getting hot up here. Something's <laughs> got to stand up and reposition itself. I kind of snuck down there. I'm like, oh, okay. There's, oh, no, there's oh, nothing there. Well, they already did that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get the memo. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I decided, and I, I, I've got a couple friends who are great hunters. I mean, really world class hunters. Who all, both of them have said, look, you got to call to these. You got to get in close. You can mew like a cow elk. You can grunt like a deer. You can moo like a cow. You can squeal like a pig. Whatever you know. I mean, I was, uh, I was. What uh, did the fox say? Yeah, I can tell you that's about the only one I didn't try. <laughs> so the buck I ultimately killed. This was pretty funny. I, I I snuck in on him and I got a little too close. I was 10 feet away. Oh, Lord. Yeah. And all I could see was velvet antlers sticking up out of a buck hole. Uh-huh. That's buck hole. That's two <laughs> words. Two words. With a B. Bravo. Yeah. Buck hole. Not what I call people. <laughs> so, exactly. <laughs> so a buck hole is basically where deer bed and from like 363 out of 360 degrees – they are unshootable. <laughs> Every degree. <laughs> yeah, plus three. Plus three extra ones. So this buck was literally in a buck hole, and the only approach that would have resulted in a shot would have resulted in me being winded 200 yards before I got to him. So he chose his bed wisely. I'll give him that. So I snuck in. I got close. And, I mean, I am sitting there. I've got an arrow knocked. So I draw back get anchored and I'm putting it right between his antlers because I figure when he stands up, his body's going to be right in that neighborhood. Mew like a cow. Mew. Mew. Nothing. Like, okay. That's kind of, kind of <laughs> disappointing. A little anticlimactic. So I do it again. Nothing. I'm sitting there at full draw for a while. And I mean, I, I run out of breath, yeah. start to sweat. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm always sweating. So that's not a big deal. But so I, I let down. I'm like, okay, okay. Now what? So I, I waited a couple minutes, gave him some time, and I grunted. A little light buck grunt, just like, just like the Drury's, man. I sounded perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Meh. Nothing. Meh. 
getting, you know, I'm amping it up here a little bit. And the fourth time, I'm not sure if I shouted meh or if I just felt like I did. That one got him up. He stands up and literally all I have is his neck. Still going to send it. <laughs> I, you know, and, and in hindsight, maybe I should have. <laughs> I probably should have. But all I had was his neck and his head. And then he just runs off. So that was good reaffirmation to me that I'm a uh, relaxed and just wait him out kind of guy. And I, I think that's one of the things I like about mule deer hunting is that, you know, in, all, in our lives, we want control over everything. We just want to have control over every situation. And that's, that's kind of my opportunity to just let it go. Just get out there and just relax and just say, hey, you know, not every stock is going to result in a shot. Yeah. And not every stock is going to result in a great shot. I mean, the, the shot where I did get a shot on that real big buck, mm -hmm. I snuck in and I got a little bit too close. Now, I was spotting this buck from two miles away and he was over the edge of this hill. And I thought he was about 100 yards over the edge of this hill. And as it turns out, that distance and topography played a little trick on me there and he was about 10 yards over the hill so i came over the hill and two little bucks slip out the bottom of this little draw and when that happened every other buck and there were 10 bucks on this hillside went on alert when they when they stood up i'm standing in the middle of a patch of buck brush with antlers all around me i'd snuck into the middle of a bedded herd i mean my ninja skills were Pretty solid. I felt <laughs> yeah. like I was pretty on top of my game. And I had one deer run past me at a distance where I think I could have knifed him. <laughs> yeah. And I know if I'd drawn back, all of my pins would have been on him, but I do shoot a single pin. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but all of them would have been on him. I mean, it was, it was crazy. And anyway, that buck runs, he kind of trots out and I do my call and slowed him down and Got my shot off. He ducked and broke my heart. And, but you know, had a couple more stocks on that buck later, and just it was a it, it was a, a year of learning experiences for me. And it was a I don't know that I will ever have another year where I go in and say that's my deer. It's go for broke. It's that buck or nothing. And I mean, it was it was literally the third Saturday of the season before I or the third Sunday of the season before I stalked another deer. And that's the deer I ultimately ended up shooting. So. Yeah. I mean, I had a, I had a target buck this year that I really wanted to kill and I didn't even end up seeing him one time the, now, during our whole hunt. So that happened to me last year. I didn't see my target buck who was just the most predictable, reliable buck you'd ever meet mm -hmm. all summer until the last Saturday of the season. I really? saw him and I'm like, unreal. Yeah. Well, we went back yeah. and uh, we glassed towards where I was camped, and we there was another buck that I saw two days before season that had a, a split um, brow tine, and that one ended. We ended up seeing that one. And I'm like, what the f? Why, where did he go? And why is he all of a sudden <laughs> yeah. is he back now? That little son. But when we first spotted him, when we went back up, that was one where we were like, well, we might be traveling another three miles in because that's the only buck we're seeing. Um, oh man! And uh, when you talk about sitting or, or 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 waiting it out or whatever, I think part of that I would have to say someone's um, choices they make are from their collective because it is. Yeah, I yeah. 
lose concentration and inevitably knees will hurt and I'll sit. Where the cotton and, mouth just becomes totally out of control. And, and you, <laughs> you, you lose the focus you have in the first yeah. 30. Um, 30 minutes isn't that much to sit. But I'm talking sometimes you can sit for three hours right? Oh, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I've sat for hours on bucks and ended up with no shot. Right. It's frustrating, and, but it's just part of the experience. Of course, a little different with a compound in, in my case, but yeah. with, with uh, you know, because your reach is a little bit more. But, um, you know, when you have good success and maybe rushing the, the shot or ru- when I say rushing. Just kind of forcing the situation. Speeding things yeah. up a bit. Yeah. Where, yeah. Uh, I don't know that buck with you. I mean, it's with recurve stuff. I mean, I started off at twelve throwing rocks and ended up shooting it at three feet or whatever, right? So, but that it's was crazy. I rushed it, yeah. right? I mean, I could have sat there and waited. And what did my decision probably take through the spot or five seconds? I'm, I was like, yeah, well, it didn't take still. long. Was the moment I threw a boulder and I didn't see his, uh, <laughs> and I'm talking a fist-sized rock, and I yeah. didn't see his velvet move. That was probably my. I don't you know, remember you three need, to fifth rock. You to do something different, yeah. Um, and I had these gusts of winds. I quickly did a calculation of, uh, I think I can get right above him and shoot him. And uh, This is the deer two seasons ago. Two seasons ago. Yeah, ago. a couple seasons ago, yeah. Um, and then I ended up, you know, getting a, a, a three to five foot shot. Um, yeah. Things were going in my favor. We had 30 mile an hour wind, big wind gusts where I could take a step every gust. Yeah. Um, you go to last year in Alberta. Um Lander says, you get down to the edge of the cattails and they didn't see you, you're going to have to wait on the edge till 5 o'clock tonight. Yeah, probably not. So I got down there <laughs> at like 9.45 and I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to be able to wait. Um, I'm not a fortune teller, but I know this isn't going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, I can find them in those cattails and I and I did and got a shot. Yeah. But that it's working for me or has worked to where maybe if if previous experiences have blown them out and not got a shot, I'd probably be more of a waiter where when I have waited, it hasn't worked yeah. well for me. So, yeah. You know, and Frank, you said you talked about a buck that kind of disappeared on you. I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes no matter how much scouting you do, these bucks are going to change their patterns. They're yeah. going to change their habits. And, you know. People tell – I've never seen a mule deer with a with a day planner. <laughs> exactly. But I can tell you right now, this buck I was hunting this year knew when the opening when the opening day was. Yeah. Every time I'd spotted him throughout the summer, I spotted him with one deer one time. All the other times he was by himself. And I'm sitting here thinking, that buck – that buck's going to die opening weekend. Mm-hmm. Solo deer, antisocial deer, that's, that's the kind of behavior that gets mule deer killed. Yeah. And – Opening day of the season, six bucks. He's one of six bucks. The day I snuck in on him, the, the Monday after opening day, one of 10 bucks. <laughs> like, yeah. when did this loner, good old Desperado, become a party boy? You yeah. know, and all of a sudden, he's got to have a posse with him. It was it was so strange to see that. But And then ultimately, the buck I did kill bedded out by himself. I saw my target buck that morning. And he went he went over a hill and never reappeared. He and three other bucks went over a hill, never came back out. Yeah. And, you know, I have my son with me and we're sitting there glassing from two miles away again. And I'm looking at him and I'm like, he's just gone. He's just flat gone. So I had spotted this other buck that we called Bedhead, bedded out by himself. And, you know, I... I know, like I just said, you know, lone bucks, they're a whole lot easier to stock. That's two nostrils, two eyes, and two ears, and whatever other senses they have that we don't understand. Sometimes they have some sort of sixth sense. (laughs) Oh, man, exactly. But, you know, 
those are, I, I knew that that was going to be a lot higher odds proposition for us. So, yeah. Yeah. When we snuck down there though, that was, that was pretty cool. I mean, my son's, like I said, he's been there for a couple with his mom, but never, uh, never one that. Was he know, right there with you when you shot? Dude, he was literally from me to you away. He was, he was like three, four feet away <laughs> from awesome. me. It was amazing. When you I mean, snuck in in our socks, dude. Talk about like we, what we were earlier, what he's learning. Yeah. Most people aren't going to learn until they're 20 or 30. He's well, learning it at 12. Yeah. And the day before we stocked, we put on a textbook stock on an empty bed. Yeah, <laughs> you, it, you talk about the, the bucks that hang out with loners and or yeah. singles, and so that, the the buck I shot and the wide buck, which I showed you photos mm -hmm. of. Oh yeah, you talk about a mean pair of two when it comes to not getting shot. Um, they betted butt to butt on a trail <laughs> when Wesley shot the the big one. Yeah, they were. I say butt to butt. They were probably three yards apart. Uh, in willows well, below cliffs, covering their they're covering both sides. Man, yeah. I mean yeah. they're they're a very smart, very adaptable animal. Yeah, and I mean I don't know how old the the wide buck is because he's not dead. That uh, buck's had some birthdays, so I can tell yeah, you that just yeah. looking at him. Oh, and then looking at the facial features of mine and him, the one I shot, we think's probably a year or two older. Yeah. And you look at after Wesley hit the wide buck, which it's it's fine, and mine hung out solo for a while. That buck in 10 days wasn't approachable, well, until the 10th day. Uh, the one, and, I, and I missed him yeah. at 44. Um, but you talk about changing patterns. Where he changed his patterns were his bedding areas were a lot more conducive to a one-man show, to yeah. where preseason scouting and everything else, the wide buck and that one I shot were buddy teams. They hung out in places yeah. were conducive. And then all of a sudden, mine now is hanging out on cliffs with one bed. Yeah. To where his back is to the cliffs that nothing can come down and he's overseeing everything. And you don't, you, those bucks at four and a half turn into a different animal. You know, they get a lot smarter. That at, is at the six and seven. Absolute Jesus. truth. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're like a completely different species at that point because those bucks have, I mean, think about how many encounters they've had with hunters through yeah. their lifetime. Hunters, hikers, and everything, you know, and those are all contributing to them being a more mature, wiser buck. You talk about, oh, that had to hurt Frank. <laughs> uh, Frank well, just about knocked the whole table over. Wesley and I <laughs> are, this thigh. are watching uh, uh, a group of, of uh, three bucks that are very, very killable. Uh, but they get up to their, uh, their second bed, and on the way to their second bed, hikers come up and yell and hoot yeah. and holler and those three bucks stand there because they're i mean honestly i one might have been four they were they were bigger younger bucks they just kind of stand there the massive three by four is not a three and a half year old buck he stands up and he grabs the whole party there is enemies above, and he, <laughs> we he are out he, here. He, he took them all. <laughs> he went fucking to your left, man. He yeah. took every one. And where they went, Om and I are watching, and four of them stay exposed, and the three big ones, you can't see anymore yeah. where they went. That only comes with age. You know what I mean? Like that buck it's knows. experience, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. you know, you, you think about that when you're hunting, um, you know, a deer and, and – uh, and, and age-wise, I would say, and I don't Frank chime in, the only thing that got me the one I shot was physically being able to climb down that cliff. Yeah. Because I – it did not look doable very – I mean, yeah. we were strategizing that it could have been possible. The only reason why they were there is probably no one's come ever across – come ever come down those cliffs to, to take a shot. And I'm not saying that like, oh, I made it down the cliffs. I'm just saying – 
I don't. Nobody think else they, been dumb uh, enough to try. To try. I don't know. What do you? I mean, you watched it. What do you think? It was crazy steep. Yeah, I mean, I just. I mean, he had to. You had to sit there on that. I don't know if Nate really showed it on the video so well because he kind of sped it up. But you were on this little. There's this, like a boulder right there, and you were trying to. You moved around it a couple of times, and I'm like, is he gonna freaking shoot like that? Because <laughs> it was so steep, and you can kind of tell from from the video of how steep it was. But you had one leg like extended, and you're, I saw you draw back a couple of times. Like Jesus, man. Well, if you put even... your right leg on top of a four foot table and your left leg on the ground, that's what it looked like. See, I, I tried that last year. With, with, <laughs> it, Not it, conducive it, to steadiness. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I was, I had snuck in on some bucks last yeah. year and literally found myself. I'm like, if I stand on this rock, I think I can get a shot at that bedded buck. Well, as it turns out, I could not. Yeah. So I was getting down <laughs> off the rock when another buck stood up. So now I'm pinned. I've got one leg off and this oh, is about a three, three and a half foot rock. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like doing some modified splits, you know, uh, trying to shoot a deer. Yeah. I don't know why that one didn't end well. Uh, well, you, you, th- you, th- you think about that. Like I watched Frank's video where you came up. They were between what, 35 and 45, the group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And. You know, they're doing what they should do. They're eating, and they don't know Frank's super sneaky got deer in. deer doing deer things, yeah. What'd you hold back, 30 seconds, 25? You, well, you held back had, a long time. the deer I wanted to kill, and there was a little bit smaller one with weaker back forks. Not that I care, but I'm like, dude, I'm going to wait because I, I drew back. If you're right there, the, you might as the well. The second yeah. biggest buck was broadside, and I held on him for a second. I'm like, fuck, I'm going to be greedy here for a second. <laughs> you bet. And uh, finally it turned a little bit and shot right through basically through the it went partially through the ham through right behind the ribs and out the neck but um That's yeah i awesome. held back for i don't know it felt like forever but it was he probably like, a heavy arrow people yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like 425 <laughs> grams or something right yeah. add 140 to that yeah oh, that's pretty close uh, <laughs> but that that buck though when you hit it it didn't when it went through there wasn't any because i don't know if it's the wind or whatever they did not look alert when your bow went off they didn't no, it they was didn't, freaking windy dude yeah. you'll see i mean when cory finish finishes editing it um You'll Jeez, see. Corey, get Freaking it together. Corey. I know Frank kicker Nate, or Nate kicked his ass. Frank Nate got my video out quick. Yeah, but I, I, you, you, you know, talking about these different things, um, like I, I on 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 the one that I killed, but when I didn't kill it, right, the sixth sense. There's no way that buck could have oh. smelled me. And uh, and it didn't run off like it smelled because it stopped. They don't generally do that when well, they smell you. Well, that's just it. I mean, I got winded by a buck this year that. Ran 25 yards and looked back to see what he had smelled. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> when, I've seen him do <laughs> that, that more than mule swir- deer like you know, when they don't know where yeah. it came from. Well, that's, but, uh, and that was it. Yeah. This is the place I hunt does not have like the traditional thermals. Yeah. Yeah. The wind is typically kind of moving uphill, but. It just swirls like crazy, man. Yeah, he may not know is. where it came from and then was like, where I the hell do I have been in? Yeah. yeah, he was two feet from being shot. <laughs> I was literally coming around this bush where I would have an open shot at embedded. Yeah. And as I came around the bush, he was walking away. I'm like, ugh. Just well, I've got to, I was got to say, I got to mention when I was antelope hunting, it was after I tagged out a different unit for deer or whatever. I go into this ravine, cross this ravine to go after these antelope, and a freaking buck stands up, like a decent four-point. They have small forks, but good frame. And he just looks at me, goes back into the ravine on the other side of this brush, and 
digs out his bed and beds down, like literally five yards. I'm not even making this up. I have pictures of it. Five yards, beds down. I'm like, what the crazy? I get my camera out. I start taking pictures. I'm being loud. Take pictures. I go around the brush. He just stands up and rebeds down at like 10 yards. I'm like, (laughs) you know, I I swear they can sense danger. Like they They can smell tags. He knows I didn't have a tag. Yeah, they can smell it. I'm like, this is smell the tags. They're like bears. Well, if you talk about that, there's when they get older, I think they can. I mean, I think there's just a sense about them that let's say they could probably just read our mannerisms (laughs) or something. (laughs) You know, that that one in the cliffs I missed. Yeah. Let's say there was 15 noises in 30 minutes. That 15th noise was enough that was for it. him to be yeah. like, something's wrong and blow out because I was 18 yards or something above him mm. and in straight down cliffs. And, yeah. uh, you know, uh, Frank's like a mile or something away. And, and I go out on this, this rock ledge and, uh, you know, like a spire, I guess you'd call it, going straight out away from the, the cliffs, the, the long run cliff edge. There's one. Yeah. And I get out there and, and I'm looking at Frank like, I don't, I don't, I can't see it. So I, uh, I, I'm sure I had to have kicked a rock, moved a foot enough to where that just deer. Just something, yeah. And he ran out to 44. And, and looking back, maybe I had more time than I thought. He might have just ran out there to look. He could have come back and rebed it. Um, you know, who knows? But he ran out to 44 and stopped. And I'm like, what did he, you know, a split, split second, like, did he wind in me to hear me? What's going on? And I'm like, well, I, I better shoot. And I, I shot right under him. And how far did that? Frank saw him. What did he run? Dude, miles. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. I don't know about miles. He but may still maybe, be running. Maybe. Well, he <laughs> well, ran until the point I killed him. Yeah, he ended up <laughs> killing him. But he ran so far. He ran out of the Frank base. Said, Dude, it looked like he was in the rut because he was slobbering because oh, he had run geez, so far. yeah. But, you know, it's it's crazy because they just – there's no accounting for it. I mean, one of the things that you brought up a great point there, though, Aaron, is that there usually is more time than we think there is. Yeah. We tend to, we tend to put human time constraints on things of, you know, you scare somebody and they go into that fight or flight. Yeah. Well, they don't always react like that. Mm-hmm. And we tend to – we tend to put – more stress on a situation than there sometimes needs to be. And I mean, I, I fell in, I, I mean, I fell in that, that a couple times this year, putting stocks on animals and then just rushing it. Dude, I rushed a shot on an antelope. I rushed a shot on a really nice buck this year <laughs> because I knew he was about ready to just explode because all the rest of them had before. Why wouldn't he? And as it turns out, that buck just sat there and watched me. And once I skipped an arrow off its back, the situation <laughs> changed a lot. <laughs> he got he got really emotional and took off. And like I, you know, like you said, I mean that that buck just never stopped. <laughs> he ran out of that valley a long ways away, but he did kick up a couple nice mule deer on the way out, which I <laughs> I thought was kind of a nice solid that he did for me. I got to see a couple nice yeah. bucks. Yeah, but, but it, the mule deer behavior in general is well. We, you learn real quick with the recurve that you have way more time than you think because you're, by the nature of the beast, you're obligated to wait longer. And yeah, so yeah. when you're sneaking in and, and um, you know, you're at 50 and you're all of a sudden nervous, well, if the deer doesn't know you're there, he's not nervous. He's just as tired as he was when yeah, you were at 100 that's true. Or, or whatever. And so if you do your part, you've got all the time in the world minus wind switching. And so that's something that I've been learning is – 
all right, well, in the middle of the stock, you know, the one I just sat there for a bit right above the bucket, 30-some yards, because one, my legs were burning. Uh, two, I was trying to calm down and think, all right, can I make this shot? Yeah. Do yeah. I wait? And then I'm like, well, what am I waiting for? The only thing I'm waiting, he ain't getting any better, right? It ain't getting any closer. The only thing I'm waiting for is for him to blow out. Yeah. Can I get closer? And that's when I was circling that that one rock trying to get around at the one time and to a point I just sat there and was like so then I'm like I can make the shot yeah I got this one I drew back <laughs> and from the angle and my feet because my front foot sliding I got to my anchor and clicker and it clicked and I was shaking so bad and wobbly I'm like yeah, not wrong. Just I ain't making the shot. This, yeah. <laughs> and so then I'm digging out on the side hill, and uh, you know, and to get my footing, and uh, then I end up missing it anyway and killed it on the next shot. But other things too is when I was with Wesley and stocked on these bucks, I blew out 14 lambs and ewes, knocking boulders literally in the middle of it. I'm doing this because the bro the rocks oh, are rolling geez. on my head, and I'm looking at these deer, thinking, "Don't blow out, don't blow out." They didn't even look. Right? Like they didn't, rocks fall all yeah, the time. Yeah, there's sounds that are natural. Yeah. And sounds that aren't. Yeah. And I think, you know, like we we make, you know, wearing wearing pants and stuff, if you have, whoosh, pat, you know, yeah. brush brushing up against your pants, I mean, that's an unnatural sound. Yeah. And I think as much as anything, it's probably the rhythm that we walk. Yeah. Because yeah. we walk, we you know, as humans, we're just, we're kind of on a mission. We're always going somewhere. Yeah. And you watch a deer feed, you watch deer walk around. That's no not pattern. how they do it. They yeah. just walk. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It's I, hard to say what it is that really spooks them out, but man. Seems like, no, I agree. Uh, I mean, I think, or... um inconsistency or like I said maybe that I made 15 noises and the 15th was the one that got him yeah <laughs> maybe there was a swish once and he yeah. woke up a little bit and then they next put thing him you on know, alert but yeah. didn't didn't get him blowing yeah. out or anything yeah. and then that final one was enough for him to just run out to maybe take a look around and see what's what um yeah you know I don't I don't you know it's so much different with the recurve compared to a compound because anything with an 80 I just shot yeah I mean you know, and I've only, I don't know, I, I don't know how many different, maybe 15 bucks or something total. I don't know. Um, various degree in size, uh, nothing giant, but uh, a pile of, of probably 145 to up to 170 deer, right? Um, probably my biggest. And the, when you blow out a group that's not from wind, the one thing I've learned is if you're okay with 163 and a half year old deer, they're probably going to hang out for a second, a hell of a lot longer. That's why I've got a bunch of those. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I'm thinking back, let's say I'm seven times, five times, six times where I've blown out a group of six to 12 bucks of, when I say blow out, not winded them. One of them saw me, you know, they heard me. The first ones to go are always, in my experience, out of escape route are the biggest. They just get out and get out fast. Well, where they, they know that they need to trust their instinct. Right. Where the other ones kind of stand around and look. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's why I have a pile of three and four year old deer that are, um, you know, in that 145 to 160 something range. Of, yeah. I, I was going in on a bigger one. 160 inch deer is plenty fine for me and they stood up long enough to look around and I shot them where now with the stick I don't have that much of an option because me getting a group of them to stand up at 55 I'm gonna have to get you know another 20 yards closer if not more and so I have to really 
I got to wait a lot. I mean, it's just, it's painful for me sometimes. It's cool. You get to see a lot of animal behavior, but there's sometimes where I got to just, that one stock I told you about where I, there was clothing and boots strung from one end of the freaking, because <laughs> I'd, and then I would sit to where before where the compound was much more aggressive. I would sit for five minutes and just wait, like, okay, calm them back down. If they heard me, you know, taking my pants off because I'm, whoosh, whoosh, you know, all right, well, wait another five minutes. And the next thing you know, I'm basically naked and uh, right in their wheelhouse thinking, okay, well, I got here. What the hell do I do now? Control, alt, delete for that image. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, I actually, I only took my, uh, got down to my boxers the one time because I just roll them up my pants up. Yeah. It's enough. But still, like you talk about that, like, shh, shh, unless you're wearing wool, yeah. they're going to hear it. Yeah, it's just an unnatural sound. Was it you talking about wearing long johns? Yeah. That's not a horrible idea. To, I did it once. It's really your, not. Yeah. Drop your drawers and, and wear real light long johns. How many How many days? So, you, Frank, you tagged out. You were like day six or something like that? Day six of season, day eight of the trip. Yeah. Six. Okay. What about you, Aaron? You were you you hunted 10 days. 10 uh, days and then came 12th out. 12th day of the, the trip, came okay. back and killed it. The Well, not the day we hiked in, but the next day. So, so I've been I 14 days. That's yeah. one important thing that, you know, there's... I mean, let's face it, there's, there's a lot of, there's a few successful hunters out there and then there's a lot of hunters out there, bow hikers, whatever you want to call them. I mean, my bow was talking crap to me by the last week of the season. It's like, Hey, start taking pictures of grouse, asshole. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, it's like, Hey, that's some lovely sunrise yeah. pictures you got there, Henry. How about we shoot something, huh? Yeah. You spent all this time working with me. I saw you those pictures of the squirrels. Oh, dude, <laughs> that, 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 I got to tell you, that was a desperate day, man. That was the worst day of glassing deer I've ever had in my life. I was 40 minutes in, had not seen fur yet. <laughs> that squirrel walked out, squirrel de negro. Oh, my <laughs> gosh, man. That was the most attractive animal I've ever seen in my life. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Almost shot him, took him to the tax service. But, <laughs> you know, they're not seasoned yet. I know <laughs> that now. <laughs> Thank you. You already thank me for that. Yeah. But uh, time in the field, though. I mean, you guys had enough time blocked out that you could get out there and get in the rhythm of the woods, get yeah. in the rhythm of how the animals are moving, what's going on. And I don't think there's any substitute for that. Yeah. We ta we've talked about skipping steps. Those are steps that just can't be skipped. Yeah. And I mean, you know, in reality, um, I probably should have tagged out the first day. Um, being being yeah, honest, you and me both. Realistic. <laughs> if good. it hadn't been for a previously unseen buck yeah. <laughs> that I walked by at thirty yards, my buck at fifty yards would have been dead. Well, and and, and but we we scouted some, right? Not everybody can do, but I had a good stock and and a shot that. Um, I think what got me probably whether the deer dropped or it was me, I was aiming at the dirt when I drew because there was a rise. Okay, and I could yeah. see pretty much every the whole deer's body made the last two inches and i think psychologically aiming at the dirt maybe i aimed higher instinctively but you know in in uh day two probably should have had been over day two that coyote blew him out of their bed the, i would say the time in the field and then the um the confidence to to stay confident i guess you could yeah. say is me meaning well frank you had it bad too because you didn't have as many deer where you were probably of knowing you sit behind that glass long enough um knowing you spot enough deer you're eventually going to find one that's 
if you don't do anything stupid, yeah. you're going to be in a position. And believe me, it was testing my patience because I haven't had a hunt that last that long. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, I haven't. And, and when I say patience- I'm not that great a hunter, so I have that <laughs> on a regular basis. Well, but. I just was like, eventually, and eventually it happened to be when we came back in, we had one do what it was supposed to do and stay yeah. on some cliffs. But I think a lot of guys um, by day three- Maybe all the deer they've seen are really far. Maybe they've blown one stock out or physically pooped. Um, you know, staying in there knowing that eventually the sun will rise and you'll fucking get yeah. done. Well, and that's, that's difficult. And, and honestly, I felt like I, I did kind of feel like my efforts would be rewarded mm. this year. But if I'm being 100% honest, the day before, my son and I went in on this and stocked an empty bed. I mean, again, I mentioned that earlier, you know, it was a textbook stock on an empty bed. <laughs> but, um, you know, we had walked past a doe on the way in. And mm -hmm. I'm sitting here thinking to myself, my son's here. Should I just whack that doe? It's an either sex tag. Yeah. She bedded at 63 yards. And she was a big doe too. I mean, the spread on her ears. <laughs> Dude, she was she was a booner if I've ever seen a Boone and Crockett doe. Big eyelashes. Oh, really, really <laughs> yeah. attractive eyelashes, yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I thought about shooting that doe. And then, you know, it came down. It was the second to last day of the season yeah. before we got that stock. And, you know, you just got to got to stay out there and stay positive and stay confident that you well, can there's a, there's deliver a, when if a opportunity does present itself. Yeah, there's a reason why bow hunting or season's so long. It's freaking 30 days, we right? We need it. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I was going to need 31 this year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I swear this picture was from yesterday. <laughs> I do think that was one thing. How many uh, the people... The time stamp's off on my iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> How many people messaged me like something was wrong? Like, what what happened? And I'm like, what do you bow mean happened? Bow happened. hunting, yeah. My recurve happened. I mean, I get... And uh, even my mom. Message. I thought and, that was great. Dude, and I'm like, it's not, you know, I'm not making bad shots. They're just not perfect situations. And then the other thing that was. um, Well, there's a thousand things that have to go perfectly right to even get a shot with a bow. Oh, yeah. To even get a shot, you know? Yeah. Well, the other thing that um, was a small miracle for me, I'd say more than small, is how many deer I passed up. And every day I'm looking back thinking, Man, I should have shot that deer. And they were just like four <laughs> horns and three points and small four points, like yeah. two and a half year old deer. And I'm like, that's that's not a bad deer with a recurve. I mean, that's and I'm like, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna I want to shoot something a good representative of the species, an older deer. And you know, by the time uh, it about killed me, that buck I missed with him, the one I ended up killing, because yeah. I was like. That is everything. That's six plus year old deer, good frame deer, old deer, big deer, got it all. And I missed it. And I'm like, man, this is just not panning out like I'd hoped. And it was hurt. One yeah. of the things that is done panning out is seven hunters on the side of the mountain. That changed the drastically changed where the deer were living. And so yeah. all summer long, I told Amy, Honey, if these deer move where they are, it's going to suck bad. Like I so do not want to drop. You said that you were dropping down into a hole. Yeah. Almost every stock. So yeah. they, or climbing a mountain one or the other, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you had to say, if you had to kind of pinpoint it, what did they do? I mean, how did their pattern change when you went from- From cliffs to timber. So they did they did work down into the timber. Why would you already. say that's thin timber? I mean- But it's cover. Yeah. It's cover. They're yeah. seeking cover. Yeah. Yeah. Some sort. They, they did not stay in the, the bristlecomb cliffs and willows. They, yeah. they got- 
Well, they all got out of them. I mean, and they went into not only difficult stalking terrain, but bis- difficult physical terrain from the afar. I mean, I don't know, how, how far is that on that hole? A thousand feet or more? It's quite a bit, yeah. Yeah, it's a thousand foot drop. And there's times I did it two or three times in a day. Um, and then the climb is close to that. I don't know. Nah, it's not that far. The climb's probably, what, five, maybe 600. Well, you saw me walk up it. That was the big climb if you watched the video. Um, and then some crazy cliffs and stuff. And, uh, you know, but then you're going generally halfway down the mountain. You're just using that way for the approach. So yeah. they, the moment that dude from Missouri um, put his base, his uh, his camp up there from scouting, it, I mean, that, I'm sure that guy would argue with us. From that time on, it changed the whole dynamic. It changed of the who, pattern of the. I mean, he had a big stink herd, bomb yeah. up there. I guess freaking Texans. Yeah, Missourians. Um, <laughs> yeah, it it's changed. All it changed everything. <laughs> Were the deer still there? Yeah, just not right there. Where the deer on the other side of the mountain, were they there? Yeah, they were a thousand foot down farther, but they were still there. Well, see, and I think think most people, human nature just says, oh, they're gone. They've gone nocturnal. They're out of here. I I should go. Yeah. And, you know, but sticking with it and again, trusting that, trusting your scouting that, okay, a month ago, before everybody else moved in here, there was a herd of deer that lived here. Yeah. And it had bucks that I wanted to kill. Just know that they're still there. You know, you've got to trust that scouting. Yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, we trusted the scouting for, for sure. What I was starting to like um, wonder or whatever is how many more people, how many more stocks, how many more times. Yeah. Because it wasn't just me stocking these deer. I was splitting them up with those for other sure, guys. Yeah. How many more times before they finally do say, I'm going to stay I'm in the thick here. timber and I'm not coming out? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but it, it worked out for everybody. We all got tagged out. Um, sounds like we all got the shit kicked out of us, but we all got it done. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it takes. Yeah, Persistence. For sure. Well, man, um, I appreciate you coming back on. And great oh, year, by the way. Yeah, we'll have a, we'll get a photo up for the podcast of the buck because it's crazy. It is not. It is a very unique buck and very, very old unique buck. Yeah. That 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 buck. It's got to be seven or eight years old, I would think. Yeah, I'm gonna actually send a tooth out and get it get it aged because I've I've never shot a deer this old with that big old Roman nose, and I'm just curious. Got to know. Frank, any comments? You're the master. <laughs> oh, All right. Thanks everybody for tuning in.